Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hey guys, good to have you here. I hope you've had a wonderful week. Um, I just wanted to let you guys know too, by the way, thank you so, so much to everyone that's sharing and listening because now we're up to um, getting about 10,000 downloads a month, which is just honestly, like, I'm really like, that couldn't happen except for you guys. So thank you. It just makes all of my hard work worthwhile um, because it is a lot of work pumping out two episodes a week, but I really love it. Anyway, on to today. Um, last week I started talking about how we can raise our kids to be kids of conviction. And um, I was only planning to actually do one episode, but when I started to write down everything I wanted to say, there was so much. And I thought, whoa, okay, this is definitely in need of a second episode. And to be honest, we could probably revisit it again later. Um, But just to do a quick recap, but I would really highly suggest that you go back to listen to last week because I started sharing um, two things and I'm going to do the other two today. So four things all up, four different ways four practical things that we can do to help teach our kids how to have conviction. Um, But before we get cracking on a bit of a recap, I think it's really important just to remind ourselves what a conviction is. What do we mean by raising our kids to have conviction? We're not talking about raising kids to have strong opinions, okay? They're are enough people out there with strong opinions. Do you not think so? Everyone, well, not just with strong opinions, everyone loves giving their opinion about everything. So I'm not talking about raising kids who've got strong opinions because conviction is far more deeper than that, far more important than that. Um, what a conviction is, is a powerfully held and a deeply held belief that is founded in something that is deeper than ourselves. Okay, so that's what we're talking about, raising kids who know deeply what their belief system is and raising them in such a way that they will stick with it, that they're so, they're so powerfully held in their lives and in their hearts that they live by these convictions, they're guided by these convictions. And so just to recap my first two points from last week, we talked about number one, that raising kids of conviction, it happens slowly over a long period of time. It can't just happen over a couple of conversations. Literally everything you do um, over the whole, like literally from when they're born right through to when they're young adults all of those little things that we do add up together and help to build young people of conviction. So that's the first thing we talked about. And the second thing we talked about was, um, am I myself rooted in conviction? And then we split that into two. So we talked about you and me personally, are we modeling conviction? Are we people of conviction or do we say one thing and do another? And then we talked about, do we, um, parent with conviction? You know, do we, um, 
We talked about not being a double-minded parent, but really having conviction. And this comes out in the most crazy kind of ways, the most simple kind of ways, like first time obedience and bedtime. And um, there's just, you know, what's your view on sleepovers and parties? And anyway, we unpacked that last time. So go back and listen to that. But we must be parents who do not parent in fear, who are not afraid of our kids' tantrums, who are not afraid of them disagreeing with us. Um, But we need to be able to parent them with conviction because that is going to help them to be young people of conviction. Okay, so let's move on from that. Before I get going on my next two, I want to say this. Conviction can be and should be handed down from generation to generation. Okay, so there is a beautiful scripture in 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, and I'm going to read it to you. It says, I'm reminded of your sincere, this is um, this is Paul talking to Timothy, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. And I think that's a beautiful reminder to us that our convictions our deeply held beliefs can be and should be passed on from generation to generation. And if you came from a family that believed differently to you, um, you can now be the start of a fresh batch of generations to come. And that's kind of how I see my life. Um, I did get saved when I was really little, but my mum is first generation Christian. My dad is not a Christian, um, but I get from now on with Cameron and I to pass that on to our children and our children's children and so on. And I actually pray over that too. I pray over the generations to come. All right, next two points. Let's unpack these. So number three, how can we help raise our kids to have conviction. Number three, show them other people that they can watch who have conviction. It is very powerful to point out other people who've got great convictions or when you see someone acting with great conviction, point that out to your kids, tell stories about them teach them about people also on the flip side who might lack conviction. So I'm going to tell you some stories because I know that again, that you guys really like that. And I think it helps bring the point home, but in our house, our kids do get to see the behind the scenes of a lot of global itinerant um, pastors because for years, um, you know, people from all over the world have been invited to our Youth Alive conferences. And um, we have not hidden our kids from the good, the bad, or the ugly um, when it comes to what they might see behind the scenes, because I don't want to, um, people think that they're protecting their kids when they, when they don't let them see the bad or the ugly side. But I think that it prepares them for life because life is not all rainbows. Life is not all seeing the positive and the good. I think they need to see the other side so that we can use it to teach them. So one great example that comes to mind is someone that um, we've seen, that my kids have seen in the background that has got incredible conviction is um, Mike Pilavachi. You might have heard of him. Cameron and I absolutely love him. 
one of the best humans on the planet. And he has come to Youth Alive a couple of times and spoken. We've had him here a few times. He's from the UK. You might know him as the guy who ran Soul Survivor, where they would get the largest tent in Europe. They would hire it and they would fill it three times over, so over three weeks. Um, And so they would have 30,000 young people over a three-week period. Now, Mike invited us to come and um, Cameron and I spoke at a couple of the different um, break-offs, but he really wanted us to come um, in hindsight because he wanted us to really capture something. And, you know, he took a bet on us, these, you know, Cameron and I, these just ordinary people from, from Australia, and he invited us over. And honestly, I've just got, I already had so much respect for Mike, but I had even more respect after that. So, um, you know, we went over and I remember he, we went out to lunch with him and we sat in this English London pub having fish and chips and apple cider. And he really is the real deal. The person that you would see on the stage is actually the mic that you see off the stage. And there was so much about getting to see him in his own space that just made us respect him even more. And we came home and we told our kids everything. You know, we told them things like, guys, there was no VIP important people row, but instead the way that he set up his stage was like in the middle of this tent and it was dirt. And he had like this kind of rough kind of cage around the stage. And then on the floor, you know, there wasn't some like important role of important people. It literally was the music pit. And that's where we sat crouched down in the music pit. And, um, you know, we climbed in there and I I remember just thinking, I love this. Um, I loved sitting in the dirt that day because it just said to me so much about Mike and what he was really about, that he's not about celebrity Christian or being cool. Um, he wore the most hilarious looking African print oversized shirts and he would wear them every day. He still does um, whenever he's like on stage at this kind of thing. Um, he didn't wear these ridiculously expensive labels and, and the green room the green room was like this tent that was kind of far away from the main, um, the main, you know, tent where we had the meeting and we had to trudge through mud with our gumboots to get to it. And, and there was just like toasters to make our own toast and packets of caramel slices and kettles to make our own coffee. And, you know, we just love that it didn't have the thrills and spills of other green rooms. And we just felt so much at home because Mike has got a lot of the same convictions as we do that when we serve and leadership is about Jesus and about young people encountering Jesus. Um, It's not about my comfort and my seat and my driver and how well I'm treated. And so when we got home, we told all of these stories to our kids. I know I've kind of labored on the stories, but um, I just wanted to, I guess, share with you exactly the things that we pointed out to our kids And we use this to teach them some of our convictions that we hold so dearly about what our life and our leadership are really about. Um, Mike actually recently did the endorsement for Cameron's and my book that we just launched, which I still haven't told you guys about, but I will eventually. Um, And then after we were messaging backwards and forwards, he actually said to me, um, 
he mentioned about how our three kids have turned out to be the most extraordinary human beings. And I just, you know, Cameron and I looked at each other and we had a, like a tear in our eye. We're like, we love Mike so much. There's just so much about him. He is a man of integrity and a man of character and a man of conviction. Find people like that in your life. Find the Mike Pilavachis. They might be someone in your family. It might be a friend. It might be a neighbor. It might be someone at school just find people like that and teach them about, teach them, teach your kids about them. Show them what it is that they're doing that makes them principled people of conviction. Because you can tell kids things till they're blue in the face, but when they actually see it, when they hear real life examples, that's how they learn best. So use good people like that. And by the way, just make it a normal part of your conversation. Okay. I've said this before. Don't make it weird, right? Like don't sit your kids down and go now kids, we're going to talk about conviction. Like just weave it into your conversation. Like I just weaved that stuff about Mike, um, and our trip in conversation in, in the years to come. But what I was doing was I was teaching our kids just through normal conversation this is what it looks like to be a principled person of conviction. So that's my number three. Okay. So use good people, use good stories. Okay. Number four, we'll park here for a minute and I'm going to unpack this. Number four is we need to actively teach them right from wrong. Okay. Don't think that they're mind readers. Don't leave this to chance. Don't think that they know what's right and wrong. Actively teach them right from wrong because this will build the basis for their convictions. Teach them that conviction is built by them continually doing what is right and what is good. So how do we do that? How do we uh, build the foundation of them having conviction by teaching them right from wrong? Okay, there are so many ways that we can do this. Um, so I'm going to give you a bunch of them that come to my mind. Okay, here we go. So firstly, they need to know that having conviction, it's not about like pounding your fist and telling everyone what you believe. That is not conviction. I wish more parents would teach their young people that. Um, teach them what it feels like. Teach them that sometimes, in fact, a lot of the time, having conviction is more about being quiet about what you believe and just um, acting and doing, not saying. Teach them that, you know, sometimes you will be trembling. Sometimes you will feel unsure, but you will know deep down in your gut what is right and always go with that. Always listen to that. So we've always taught that to our kids um, to go with their gut. We call that their God consciousness. They do know in their heart right from wrong. Um, and so teach them that that's what conviction feels like. It doesn't, it's not loud. It, it's a feeling on the inside of you. Okay. Another way to teach them right from wrong, super important, help them internalize scripture. 2 Thessalonians 3.13 says, never tire of doing what is right. So teach them Bible, because by teaching them Bible, you are teaching them to have their lives rooted in God. And what did I say last week? I said that 
our conviction must not come from other people. It cannot come by from what's popular. It cannot come from what the masses are doing. It has to come from one place, and that is from God, from their lives being rooted in God. And this is why we teach them the Word of God. This is why it's important to spend time um, with them every day in the Word of God, because you are creating a foundation for their life to be rooted in. And what will happen is, as you keep talking scripture, sharing stories, reading the Bible, God's Word will be internalized in their hearts over time. That's why you need to read them the Bible every day, pray every day, find picture books about godly values. I used to always go to Kurong and find, I'm looking in my study right now and I've got a whole shelf full of books that are from Kurong that have Christian godly values in them. Do it any way that you can. Listen, listen to songs, do, do anything you can, teach them songs because what happens is you are helping them internalize the word of God and the values of God. And that way their convictions become rooted in God. Their convictions will come from that foundation, not from people's opinions, not from their emotions, not from what society says is the right thing to do. Okay. Another way we teach them right from wrong is we can teach them by correcting them. So It's really important that when they do the wrong thing, we let them know they've done the wrong thing and why it's wrong. So we have to correct them in love. So again, another story. I remember when Georgia was in year five and she had the most wonderful teacher, um, not a Christian teacher, um, and she had her for two years, year five and year six. And um, this teacher knew that I had several books out and that I'd studied writing. So she came to me, she knew I was a teacher as well. So she came to me and said, would you mind being the class word wizard? And so I was like, sure. And so it was a bit of a game that we played. Nobody knew that I was the word wizard. So basically I would set them tasks each week and then I would give them feedback and I would write to them as a class each week. And the whole class loved it. They were like super excited about, you know, the word we're hearing from the word wizard today. And they didn't know who it was. Anyway, Georgia, of course, knew that it was me. And I talked to her about not telling anyone. Well, little bless her heart. She went and told a few people in the class who told a few more people in the class. And before we knew it, the whole class knew who the word wizard was. So she did the wrong thing. And that spoiled it for the whole class. So I had to correct her. I had to discipline her. I had to teach her that that's the wrong thing to do. And I actually asked her teacher to help me in this because I felt that this was an important lesson for her to learn. She has never forgotten that lesson to this day. And what was I teaching her? I was teaching her to have a conviction about um, keeping, keeping confidences um, and it's all these little experiences, these moments in their lives where um, they get the opportunity to learn life lessons that will build conviction. And it's so important. Okay. Another really powerful way to teach them right from wrong is um, I've already said to read stories, but I would also read other books as well, not just Christian books, but other books to my kids, um, but also challenge them to develop their own personal convictions. And I want to finish on this one, Um, but this is really important. They need to have opportunities from from very young. They they can be learning this from a very, very young age um, 
challenge them to develop their own personal conviction. So you can do this daily as things happen in their lives. Use daily situations. Cheer them on when you can see that they have acted according to their conviction. So maybe they come home from school and they tell you, mom, I saw a classmate sitting on their own today. And so I asked him to join in my game. Well, that's awesome. Celebrate that. What a great conviction that your child just, um, you know, that, that it moved them to do that for another child. So celebrate those moments. It'll be, be on the listen out when they tell you about their day, listen out for things where you're like, bud or sweetheart, that was such a good thing to do and show them, celebrate with them when they do live according to their convictions. Uh, you know, maybe they bought the change home from tuck shop when they could have spent it. Celebrate that. So I want to finish with this story because it's so memorable to me. I remember when I was in primary school, I would have been maybe, maybe nine, nine or 10, maybe at the most. And once a week, my mum let me have lunch order. That's what we called it in my school in Adelaide, a lunch order. And of course she was a single mum, and she really did not have a lot of money. And so it was a real treat that I was allowed to order like a sausage roll or something like that. But I remember mum asking me to bring the change home because we didn't have a lot of money. And back then, if you had change, um, and usually it was 10 cents or 20 cents or sometimes 50 cents, they would tape it to your your paper bag that they gave you your lunch order in. And so I remember this one day, there was 20 cents taped to the brown lunch order bag. And even though I I knew that my mum said to bring it home, I remember thinking, I really want a lolly from the canteen. And so I took my 20 cents and even though I knew what my mum said, I went and spent that money. And when I got home, I got in so much trouble. Now you might think, well, that's a small thing. Oh, well, doesn't matter. You spent the money when your mum said not to. Guys, the little things will shape your kids' hearts. I never forgot that. My mum didn't get super mad, but she said to me, um, you know, I knew she didn't have a lot of money, but she didn't even make it about that. She said, I asked you to bring that money home and you didn't listen to me and you went and spent it. And I think she even used the disappointed word, which for me was totally broke my heart. So the small things are the important things. And I never, ever forgot that. I never forgot it. And so I remember telling my kids little things like when they would get their report card, I would see a lot of kids when they walked out with their report card at the end of the term, they would rip it open and pull it out and have a look and have a read. And I just didn't want my kids to do that. I wanted them, I didn't want them to sit there and look at their report card without me sitting with them. I didn't want them to show other kids first. I wanted them to come. That was between us and them. And so I would say to my kids, you're not to open your report card until you get into the car. And partly too, I was testing to see if they would listen. You know, every single time my kids would wait, they would they would have it in their hand, in their white envelope or the yellow envelope, whatever it was in, and they'd be so excited and they'd be like, mom, I got my report card. And, you know, I'd pull the car over and we'd open it and we'd look and we'd celebrate. And it was just a little thing. But I, um, Cameron and I just were so intentional about so many of the little things because 
we just understood. Um, and that takes me right back full circle to my first point. Um, we understood that conviction in our children would be built by the little things and that it would be a lot of little things over a really long time. And so let me recap now that I've taken you all the way through and back to number one, which is building it over time. Of course, number two was um, challenging ourselves. Am I rooted in conviction? It, and is my parenting rooted in conviction? Number three, use other people who have great conviction and point those people out to your kids. And on the flip side, point out people who show a lack of conviction and use stories to teach them. And then, of course, I unpacked that number um, that number three. Sorry, and that takes me to number four, which was actively teaching them what is wrong and what is right. Because when you do that, you build a foundation from them to draw upon, to draw and to build their own convictions upon. And of course, there's lots and lots of different ways which we just went through. Um, things like um, teaching them what it really looks like and feels like, helping them internalize scripture and correcting them when we need to, and then challenging them to develop their own personal convictions. So there you go. Um, I'm sure we could probably do a little bit more on that and unpack that even more because there's, you know, I mean, gosh, it's taken us, you know, 20 years to teach our kids conviction. And so it can't be said or done justice in just two episodes. But I think that's a really, really good start. I think those are four things we can all do, you know, right now. So guys, thank you so much for joining me again. I just absolutely love having you here in this space. Come and chat with me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. And um, I am praying for you guys. I'm praying that, um, that God will really guide you in your parenting because the Lord knows we all need it. It is challenging times. There is so much oh, corrupt value, uh, corrupt moral values being thrown um, at our kids and at our families. And so this whole topic um, of building conviction in our kids is just utterly crucial and more important than ever. But you know what? I know that you've got this and um, feel free to ask me any questions anytime. But until next week, have a wonderful week and I will see you next Friday or Wednesday if you come along to my Wednesday episodes. Thanks guys. Bye.